It's the Forlorn Hopes Podcast. <laughs> Catherine, why are you sad today? <laughs> uh, well, Tim, it's because all of my hopes are forlorn. Shucks. Oh boy, it's the Doom to Fail podcast. My name is Tim Dobbs. It's a pleasure to meet you. And with me, as ever, through this wondrous thing we call the internet, sit back and think about it for a second. It's crazy. Huh. Anyway, with me through the internet is the luminescent light post herself, Catherine Cogart. It's good to glow here. Blow here? Glow here. Glow, I huh? said. You show me the way. Hmm. Mm. Anywho, as regular listeners of this show, the Doom to Fail podcast, will know, first of all, that song you just heard was Blamos. Blamos. There you go, Tim. Oh, boy. And they provided our theme song. It's called How Do You Know? And it's great, and you should check them out. But secondly, the other thing regular listeners know is that we like to have a bunch of different topics that we talk about and sort them into series. And then we sort of roll through those series. And this week, we'll be doing our final episode, Catherine. Oh, jeez. Of the Ancient Robots series. Oh, man. Listen for that drop one last time. Crunching, cracking, creeping to life, Ancient Robots. Are you sad Ancient Robots is going away? I am sad. Yeah, especially because I think this one's really interesting. It is really interesting, but kind of shallow, it turns out, in depth. Uh, well, I, I meant this particular episode, but <laughs> I don't I don't think this episode's shallow. No. But yeah. No. No. I meant yeah. that the topic is shallow as, like, as a field, not like, it's a shallow thing to talk about ancient robots. <laughs> like, oh my god, I went to the mall and I listened to this podcast about ancient robots. That's, that's you know, not every, what I meant. <laughs> you know, every time I meet someone, like, at a party and I'm not that interested, you know, or, like, on a plane or something, it's like, oh, hi, I'm Tim. Uh, what's your favorite ancient robot? <laughs> oh, man. Let's My favorite ancient robot, though, is the one that we're talking about this week, or the numbers we're talking about this week. It might be my favorite. I haven't decided yet. But we're going to talk about the inventions of... Al Jazari, who was an inventor and craftsman, an engineer in the Middle East in the 10th century. Isn't that right, Catherine? That was right. Good job. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and um, his father was also an engineer, which is just typical because engineers just breed more engineers. It's kind of. I don't believe that. I, it's how it works. I will encourage my children to be cowboys and girls. Possibly of the space variety. Depends how far we get along in technology. Oh, I completely misunderstood you. I thought you were going to encourage your children to be cowboys and girls. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> boy, boy, it is going to be tough for those transgendered cowboys. <laughs> 
Or they could just You know, be... if that's the choice they make, it's okay. <laughs> but, or not, I'm sorry, not a choice. Oh, I'm getting myself into some trouble oh, here. Oh, Jesus. I will accept my children as they are, but I won't force transgendered cowboyism upon them. Well, that made it sound like a disease. <laughs> quick, quick, let's talk about ancient robots. Okay. Um, anyhow. <laughs> so, Aljazari, as we're going to call him. And I'm sure that's offending somebody somewhere. People are offended by the sounds of our voice. Okay, so we've already lost. Hey. Hey, hey. Um, so Al Jazari inherited this title as uh, chief engineer of the palace at the Art. Art. You're Ar- on your own. Art Kulu Palace. Artuklu? Is Ar- looks like what you wrote. Artuklu, at a lovely, gorgeous Middle Eastern palace, which is centered where modern-day Baghdad is. A lovely area. Saved it. Big win. Yeah, that's actually, uh, it was the palace of uh, Saladin. Am I, am I incorrect? Yes. No, that is that is his place. It's his town. Ooh. Which I thought was really interesting, because it's like, wow, small world. <laughs> or we're back to my theory about uh, only a very small group of people write history, so you only found out about them. That's true. Well, that's just because history is boring, so... I want to talk about what Al Jazari actually did. Why do I care about him? Why could he be my favorite ancient robot person? Well, Tim. Robot person. I think he should be your favorite ancient robot person because he actually added a lot to what we know about machining and mechanical engineering. Um, he invented the first camshafts, crankshafts, segmental gears, escapement mechanisms, and so, so very much more. I want to, yeah, I want to talk about what those things are, because I didn't really even realize. I just knew they were mechanical engineering words, and I was like, oh, what is a cam, anyway? Mm-hmm. And it's actually really interesting and important stuff. A cam is something that translates rotational motion into linear motion, some sort of mechanical piece. And so it's sort of a, often it's sort of a misshapen, or misshapen, uh, ovalish disc that spins. And then the pointy part of the oval will press upon something every time it spins around once. And so this is how actually uh, combustion engines work. When an explosion happens inside of the valve, it forces the valve up, which hits the cam, which causes the car to spin. (laughs) Not the car, the wheels. The wheels spin and the car goes. Okay, so it's kind of like it's translating chemical energy into rotational energy into linear energy. Yes, exactly. Okay. Because we have a hard time... I mean, all of our engines as a species tend to make things spin. You, only rocket engines are the only thing I can think of that uh, work by just shooting something in a direction. Yeah, and I have no idea how those work, so... I mean, you pretty I'm much sure blow something true. up and direct it, I'm pretty sure. Oh, right, and then there's a pressure difference and then up. Yes. <laughs> and away you go. <laughs> and a lot of other stuff, too. He invented a ton of other stuff. Yeah. And he's really a, a renaissance man because every single one of his inventions were accompanied by this amazing, gorgeous, incredibly detailed painting that not only was really aesthetically pleasing, but also clearly shows you how his invention works. Well, this is this is what I love about him. is He's not really an inventor in the mold of, say, your, let's say, Lonnie Johnson, even though we know he was an engineer, or, or Rubik, or all these other inventors we've talked about. He's He's really an engineer. He mm-hmm. documents... He shows how things are made. The process is important to him. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He will try something a billion different times and say, okay, this is what worked. 
and he won't really dive too much into why it works. He's more interested in it works, so it's a solution, so let's just use it and stop complaining that it works by asking why. <laughs> no, but yeah, but on top of that, it's like he's, yeah, he's very much on the other side. He's not a scientist. He's mm-hmm. just not. He's an engineer, which, you know, engineers take technology that already exists and they make it go and then they make it usable. It's true. And he, he leans more on the usability side than any, anyone else I've read about. Right, right. In fact, he wrote a book. <laughs> the name of this book is The Book of Knowledge of Ingenious Mechanical Devices, written in 1206, which I'm very excited about. Just the yeah. name. No, it's a good name. I, who wouldn't, I who wouldn't love to have that? <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm getting you for your birthday. <laughs> um. But to be fair, his counterparts in Greece also wrote books, right, Tim? It's true. Uh, Heron of Alexandria wrote Automata. And Pneumatics. Those were his two, and pneumatics. Big, his oh. two bestsellers. However, you can really see like strong differences in them. Like, for example, Al Jazari will describe, well, this is how you make this instrument. Um, whereas these Greek books will describe more, this is the science behind this instrument. And this is why this instrument works and so forth. And I think that's really right. that's a really interesting and poignant difference. Yeah, I mean, Al Jazari, in addition to just making devices that do things, he also really contributed to just craftsmanship things. Uh, lamination of timber, uh, static balancing of wheels. How do you balance a wheel? The use of a wooden template to sort of uh, scratch out, you know, how you're going to cut things. Uh, paper models to establish designs. Calibration of or- orf- orifices. I want that to be orify, but it's not. <laughs> That's huge. Those are all really huge things. Just it sounds like he started calibration as a thing. <laughs> kind of, which is so important in any level of machining. And layman's will be um like layman's? Layman's. Yeah, no, that's a thing. You can call people a layman. Uh, okay. <laughs> so people who aren't really into science uh will think that calibration is the most boring thing they've ever heard about, and they might be right. It is pretty boring, but also I hate it. <laughs> Everyone hates to calibrate stuff, but I mean, it's it's really it's important. Phenomenally important. Yeah. This is this sort of thing is like. So I helped design a chemical plant, and I knew how it would run. Well, good I understood for you. all the ideas. Yeah. Well, you didn't. Well, there. <laughs> Actually, you kind of did. Good work. Good work, Thank Catherine. You. Thank you. But the deal is, when it comes down to. We may have talked about this already once on the podcast, but mm-hmm. have we talked about the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy part where he's asked, the, the lead character who has lost his planet, the planet Earth, is asked by a planet placement agency, oh, well, what are your skills? And he thinks back about all the things on Earth, the amazing things, cars, planes, digital watches, and he realizes he has no idea how any of it works. <laughs> he can drive a car, but it doesn't mean he knows anything about like really how it goes you know and it was the same thing when i when i you know with that plant i know what the plant does i could make it run i have no idea how you like how you make pipes how do you make (laughs) pipes Catherine? Uh, i have like some loose sense at this point but it's only by paying a lot of attention i knew for like two days once and then i immediately forgot because i did not use that in my day-to-day however i still i could use an iphone i could put that on my list of skills at my planet placement <laughs> agency exactly but the point is that al jazari 
can make pipes and he can like and he he's worried about that stuff about like literally how do you take nothing just basic materials and tools and turn that into a real thing instead of just you know well if i had a ball that had rotationally fitted valves on it and i boiled steam it would spin that was the aeola pile which heron of alexandria taught us about mm-hmm. but he's really would be like all right so how do i make a ball out of metal yeah I still don't know how to do that. This guy's like way ahead of me. Like a ball, too. That's hard. Yeah, what? How do you do that? Do you need I a... Like, I, I imagine, like, f- great furnaces inside of volcanoes. And they're pouring it into a mold. <laughs> I'm the worst engineer. I'm starting to feel bad about myself. Oh, it's okay. You're not a machinist. You're an engineer. This is true. So we will be back in a minute on the Doom to Fail podcast. Right on track. Hey, it's the Doom to Fail podcast. We're back talking about Al Jazari. One of the coolest cats to ever invent ancient robots. <laughs> I thought that snapping was way too funny. <laughs> Catherine, so I guess what I'm interested in is why don't we hear about robots dancing around the Middle East? You know what I mean? Uh, you hear definitely... Well, I guess mostly what I hear about the, the Middle East during... The Middle Ages mm-hmm. is algebra came out of there and some astronomy. You know, so this is science, not necessarily true vast engineering feats. Sure. So, I, so just I mean, any I was, idea there? I was gonna bring um, like super stereotypical, like ho- hollering with like a scimitar waving over their head, Arabs fighting the the infidels that were encroaching on their land. That's what I have right. from. Well, that's because. I'm very slightly less racist than you. And so that's why we went to our respective places there. <laughs> or I just hate algebra. That could be... <laughs> I would rather think about history than algebra. That's how much I hate algebra. Oh, man, you don't like history either. I don't, I don't know what to do with you. I actually I like kind of both of like. those things. I just, you know... I like chocolate so much more. Everything else pales in comparison. Oh, man. Were you as wowed as I was when you realized algebra is like algebra because it's from the Middle East? Oh, really? Is that where that's from? I'm yeah. pretty wowed right now. That's how wowed I was. It's Silence. impressive. Yeah. Oh, anyway. What's up? Why? We got all these hard science slash super racist stereotypes, but we never hear about great feats of engineering coming out of the Middle East. And I'm sure they did. I mean, it's hard to live in the desert without it, but... I don't know. Why isn't that a thing besides uh, ethnocentricity? Um, do you think do you think you hear a lot about ancient robots of other cultures? Because, I mean, they're in other cultures, too. Not necessarily ancient robots, as we've discovered as we try to find more ancient robots to or do mechanics. these shows on. We'll say mechanics. But, yeah, you do hear a lot about mechanics or engineering, you know, Rome and their road building. Uh, I mean, I know yeah. that's not, like, glamorous engineering, but it's, no, it's... real and important engineering. Urban planners think it's gla- it's glamorous. Nah, they're wrong. Um, 
No, road build. They don't think road building is. Again, this is the difference between people who can make things from raw materials and people who work within abstract systems that are based around raw materials. I think they think it's glamorous that road building was such a high priority for them. Yes, that's the glamorous bit. Gotcha. Anyway, so uh, not that not that windmills are that new, but windmills for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are just like engineering things that you hear about in various places or even just building like the egyptians and the pyramids true but what you don't hear is about in the middle ages sort of the arabian peninsula and the fertile crescent and areas like that having great engineering feats true you don't that is interesting i i have no answer to why that is i have no idea well okay so they worked on all this craftsmanship and everything but we never really saw big famous projects happen Mm mm-hmm the idea that I was thinking about was, well, who's fans of spectacle? Ancient churches. Ancient religions love spectacle. Oh, my God. You know why? Because worshippers love spectacle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is probably all uh, not really a big part of Islam, actually, so I can see why maybe this wouldn't be a big driver there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Monotheistic re- religions, way less into spectacle. Well, sure, but I mean, you're not going to sit there and tell me Grand Cathedrals aren't about spectacle. Oh, yeah, that's one type of spectacle, but there's more bonus for having the ascetic lifestyle, I think, in a monotheistic religion. Ascetic? Ascetic, yeah. Like the acid? No, 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 no. Okay. Um, Ascetic means that you're, like, you live on the bare minimum. Yeah, no, I'm not sure I totally agree. I guess more Judeo-Christian religions tend to sort of uh, spouse the benefits of an ascetic lifestyle, using I your word. I think there's a little something-something in it for you if you're Islam, too. Yeah, I guess I'm not being... T- I, th- you know, they're all branched off the same basic religion, so I guess I was lumping them into oh, Judeo-Christian, okay. which I, I might not be right. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> hmm. At any rate, but I think there were uh, other monotheistic thing. religions that... We're way more into spectacle. Besides, they're all into spectacle. They just do it in different ways. And they talk about telling people to live quiet lives of few riches, but still building giant cathedrals or selling indulgences or various other things. I mean, this isn't a commentary on the the current state of the church. Well, the current state of the church is no worse than a corporation. (laughs) Hey, and corporations are people. Doesn't make them good. (laughs) Uh, It it actually tends to make me think they're probably bad. (laughs) From all the people I know, I trust them less now. I mean, there's me. Yeah, I can't stand you. Can't stand you. Who could really? Very good people. Oh, Very good and patient people. Forlorn hopes. I I cannot believe we're going to take another break, but I think we are. Okay. We'll be right back. Doom to fail. something I can take apart. I don't want to listen to the yelling in my head or the crying in my idiot heart. Idiot heart. I should have left you at home. You give me nothing but hard love, bad luck when you're going to leave me alone. Hey, we're back. It's the Doom to Fail podcast, and we're talking about Al Jazari, still the famous Middle Eastern engineer slash roboticist from the 10th century. So I want to talk about 
some of Al Jazari's inventions. I mean, we already kind of got into the here and there of, you know, what he sort of did in vagaries. You know, he's practical, really building stuff from scratch, documenting well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I really, really enjoyed the craft of the thing. I I wrote in my notes somewhere that he wanted to make a good thing, not just a thing that does something. But what were those good things? Well, some some of these things were more creative than others. Um, for example, I think we've talked about in almost every single podcast of this series how every culture has its own drink-serving automata. What's up with that? <laughs> why Why is the first thing you like? You're like, oh, I can make robots. I can serve everybody wine in a cool way. I mean, why is that the first thing that everybody goes to? I don't know. It would be pretty cool, though. Do you want to make one? Yeah, let's make one. All right. <laughs> I'll get the book of knowledge of ingenious mechanical devices. And I'll get Heron's automata. Mm. How does... Uh, well, so what you're suggesting here is Al Jazari invented a robot that did that. He did, yes. Uh, it's a pretty simple one. So it's essentially a girl, like a little miniature girl, on a slope. And what happens is whatever you're going to serve your guest, tea wine, whatever, water, it's going to drip down into her cup from a reservoir. That weight is going to pull her arm down, which is essentially just going to release her her brake. She'll roll down the slope and straight to you. Pretty sweet. How does she get back up? Does she? Or do you have to just reset it? I think you might just have to reset it. That's that's actually super lame compared to some of the the Chinese ones. Right? Although, did we decide whether those Chinese ones were all myths or not? Um, well, there was the, from the 18th century, the, uh, what do you call them? Oh, yeah, the... Harakuri or whatever? Kara? Ooh, that's not good. Eh, it's been a while. Yeah, but, I mean, that's still pretty nifty, and it still does oddly fit the theme of... It does. ...humanoid robots serving drinks. Oh, this one does not sing to you to, to, to drink more. <laughs> but you know it does sing to you, Tim? Um... That bass, the one that you could get about that, you know, sits on the wall and then turns and sings to you when you press the button. That's true. That's true. Big Uh, mouth Billy. (laughs) In 10th century Baghdad, though, um, Al Jazari had a singing bass of his own, except it was more of less of a bass and more of a robot band. It was a a precursor to the singing bass. (laughs) A robot band, you say? I'm very excited about this. Yeah, right? Um, I did not write down how it worked, so I can't explain that to you. I have a how. Oh, good. Okay. Or Go something of a how. I, I didn't understand it fully, but essentially it worked off cams. Pretty cool, right? Ah, the cams. Yeah. So, but, it, but really what it does is it works like a music box works, mm-hmm. which is it's a rotating drum with um, various parts that stick out. And then the parts that stick out will hit various levers as it rotates and that would operate the percussion. And what's really cool about this is that it wasn't like in a music box where it's sort of the the rotating drum is just the way it is and it's stuck that way. This one had lots of holes where you could stick pegs in. Mm-hmm. So the things that stick out are pegs. And so this is actually a programmable uh, music machine. It's a programmable drum machine. Right, this is like my, my Roland 405 or wherever that is. Totally. <laughs> yeah, if you put the pegs in a different order, then they'll play a different tune. Yeah, you play bossa, you play a uh, little, little swing jazz. I mean, I can only assume these is what was being played. 
you pay, play the tune that the robot band tune plays as Machinarium, that amazing game oh, that you showed me. That game was a lot of fun. Perhaps uh, Al Jazari's most famous invention was the elephant clock. And it's actually a pretty sizable clock, and it's really, really amazing. We'll have a video of how it works on the blog, but we can explain it here. Um, so what happens is there's a black disc at the top, and that's showing the hour, and there's a guy at the bottom with a pen, and he's showing the minute it is or how far through the hour you are. And um, the movements are actually controlled by a floating bowl that's inside the elephant that sinks over half an hour. So it has a little tiny hole in the bottom, and it takes exactly half an hour to sink. Hmm. And calibration there. Need some calibration to figure out what, how big your the hole in your bowl should be. So the clock works. Um, you have your bowl sinking, and one string tied to the bowl actually controls the scribe, right? And how fast the sky with a pen at the bottom is turning around. So as it's slowly sinking, the scribe is turning. Hmm. Now when the bowl sinks completely, the the string, the other string is going to pull down really fast and release a, a valve that actually releases a ball, and that sort of starts this really cool Rube Goldberg effect. Um, which creates a little show that happens. and It's really interesting. Um, so what happens is a ball turns around, spins a fan, which spins a little bird on top. Uh, then that ball drops down into the mouth of a serpent. The serpent sort of rotates around. It's kind of like a, like a stick, right? So it weighs down one end and that brings up the other end. And as the tail of the serpent is coming up, it brings the bowl back up to the surface. Right, Tim? Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I'm following along in the video. And as the serpent drops down, it drops the bowl, the ball into a little tiny vase at the bottom, which makes the little guy who's riding the elephant play a little song. Just very exciting. Yeah. So it resets itself every half hour, and yeah, it's a really cool design. And if it's a little bit off, if your hole is a little bit too big or a little bit too small, then the whole thing goes kaput. <laughs> Just got to do a little calculus. You'll be fine. <laughs> huh. How does it reset? I, I mean, I might have misunderstood something. Oh, yeah. So um, the serpent's tail, right? As the serpent's head with the ball is dropping down, the serpent's tail is pulling up. And mm -hmm. as the tail pulls up, it's pulling the bowl back up with it. I see. So... Somebody's got to lift all the balls up to the top of the elephant every uh, every day, right? Yeah, that's the... Yeah, that's it. That's the rub. There's the stored energy right there. <laughs> it's weird because usually you get... um, Usually all these automata are actually driven by water and gravity. It's just as water falls through something. Yeah. But, what I loved about this is like the Rube Goldberg nature of it. Yeah. That was so great. This pulls that, twists that, <laughs> bop it, twist it. <laughs> I like that there's snakes and falcons and scribes and dudes with symbols and an elephant. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah. So it, I want to go see this. Is this still around? Yeah. Um, it's actually a recreation of the clock is actually in Dubai right now. If you want to go to Dubai with me. Yeah. You want to go to Dubai? Do like on on a uh, on location reporting. For sure. This show? Yeah. 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 So we're here in the Ibn Battuta Mall. 
<laughs> and we're here in the world's largest themed shopping center. Themed shopping That's center. a great title to have. What does that mean? That's something to strive for. What the really cool thing about it is that we're talking about snakes and elephants and all these crazy things going on here. Um, but it actually brings together a lot of different design elements from a lot of different cultures. Like the elephant is from India, the serpents are from China or the Far East at the time. Um, the technology actually comes from Greece predecessors that Al Shazari learned from. And the actual architecture of the clock is Middle Eastern. So it shows how the Middle East is the center of all these different really interesting cultures. Yeah, absolutely. It's a uh, you know crossroads of the, crossroads of the world for sure. There's a lot going on there. Totally. Well, I think that about buttons up our discussion of Al Jazari, mm-hmm. and maybe you understand why I think he's pretty nifty. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff going on there, and we will be right back on the Doom to Fail podcast. <laughs> Oh boy, it's a different film podcast. Uh, coming up in just about four weeks, we're going to have Happy Hour with Tim and Catherine. Mm-hmm. And next week, we are going to bring about the return of one of our already existent, well-loved series, Toy Inventors. And we are going to be talking about the inventor of the little red wagon, Radio Flyer. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Oh, Very man, exciting. I'm so excited for that one. <laughs> actually, I really am. I thought it was going to be kind of lame, but as I've been looking into it, pretty cool. Pretty charming, actually. I think that's going to be a theme. Great story. It's just charming. So there's a little teaser for you, listener. And I want you to go out, take that, and have an exciting, great week. And come join us next week on the Doom to Fail podcast. And goodbye. Bye. Bye. Oh, Tim and Catherine. Catherine. What? What? Tim. Tim. What? There's Catherine over there. Huh? <laughs> oh, you're a jerk. <laughs> Until then, it's Catherine Coconut over there. And Tim Dobbs somewhere over there. Oh, you're still doing it wrong. Goodbye. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. Home, I'm feeling stressed. Put down your phone and I'll tell you what's happening next. Honey, you're passing the test. She sees what she wants to see. The Doom to Fail podcast was accompanied this week by Lily Labasi. Carsey Blanton, and as always, Blamos. Find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Doomed Podcast or subscribe to us on iTunes or check out the blog at doomedtofailpodcast.blogspot.com.